Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's time for Dirt and Sprague. I've never been on live television before, but apparently sometimes I don't watch the sh- I don't watch the news. With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brendan Sprague. Because I'm a kid and apparently every time, apparently Grandpa just gives me a remote after he watched the Powerball. Dirt and Sprague on 1080. We'll probably sit around and cook some soups and eat bread and desserts and just get all fat and sassy. The Fan. All right, welcome back in. Hour number two, Dirt and Sprague here on Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan, the Odyssey app, maybe, and uh, 99.5 HD2. Swag mentioned it there in the update. Congratulations to all the Thorns fans yesterday representing the city. It's uh, it's pretty ironic. They got to get through the wave to then beat the current. It's funny how it works that way. It is weird how it worked that way. And by the way, I've been, I've witnessed two childbirths in my life, like up close oh. and personal. Okay. The fact that you can do that and then 150 days later score a game-winning goal is a remarkable feat of uh, human strength. Pretty badass, man. Pretty badass. I enjoyed all the for sale signs in the in the fan section. It was good. That was nice to see that, that they came touch. out and you know they supported the players. That was what it was about, and it was basically a big middle finger to the ownership. So now they're going to the uh, they're they're going to the championship, right? They're in the title. They're in the title yep this is it one more game it sucks because you know it's actually been a very successful run here for both the uh men and women's soccer teams and their their owner sucks it is a major bummer so you know the other thing that they do stupid i didn't realize this that they're they play their championship at like a neutral site no i didn't know it was a neutral site why would you do that i don't know but i remember the timbers playing at atlanta and i thought that was well and they also hosted it last year i mean they play yeah. they have a home game in the championship you give it to the better team. I just for a fan act, you know, activity. When you do a neutral site for a championship, isn't yeah, that but more what's normal? what's more important to you though? Having not having a home field advantage for either team or making like how many fans are traveling to go watch that game? I don't know where it is. Well, I don't either. But, but I it's in Washington D.C. Oh, who's God. like right? What who's flying to Washington D.C. to who are they playing? Swag KC the KC current. Like come on, what's the attendance going to be at that game? Now imagine you have it in Providence Park. The Riveters will be there. Yeah, the Rose City Riveters. Yeah, the. Fan base? I'm sure some of them will be. That's a long way to go. It is a long way to go. More centralize your your neutral site. They get a pretty good lead in, though. They'll have a SEC football leading in. It will be on uh, CBS, so it's okay. not on buried on some cable channel. There you go. But good for them for taking care of business. Um, another team that took care of business weekend. Talked a little bit about it there at the end of hour number one. And uh, Mike Jorgensen is going to jump, jump on with us uh, coming up here at 730 and uh, we'll get his thoughts from what he saw as Oregon beats UCLA and doesn't just beat them, beats them pretty convincingly. Uh, you know, I all the X's and O's stuff and, you know, what you thought of 
different players and their performances. I thought it was a pretty clear indication. At least I got this feeling on my couch. You were at the game. Mm -hmm. But I got the feeling on my couch. This game shifted the minute Oregon went up 17-10 and then onside kicked and got the football back. Because not only was it a, is either defense going to get a stop here type of vibe, but it was stealing a possession to then go up two scores, chips playing comeback the entire rest of the way. We can get into everything. But I did think in the moment, I thought, oh my God, brilliant call by him, stole a possession. I had no confidence UCLA was stopping based on what I had seen at that point. I mean, the first five drives of the game, you went field goal, field goal, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Touchdown so, field goal. Well, I mean, after that, yeah, no, I mean, nobody got to stop until the fourth quarter, I think. Um, Oregon had a couple of chances at picks early in the game, and they, they didn't execute and couldn't catch them. But the, the key was always going to be twofold. Can you steal possessions at any point in the game? And can you make whoever's going to win the game is going to make their opponent one-dimensional? And I'm not saying that UCLA didn't run the football effectively. Charbonnet had 20 carries for 151 yards and a touchdown. He had a monstrous day. But you were up 38-16 late in the third quarter, and that effectively ends your run game for the rest of the game. You go ahead and hand it off for seven yards all you want. It's going to run the clock, and you're not coming back. You know you have to throw the football to get back into this game, and that then allowed Oregon to get, get out for the quarterback. I thought they stole possessions in two different ways. The onside kick one was the obvious one, and it was a, it was a very Chip Kelly-esque play, right? It was. It, it, was, it was the old big balls meme of Chip Kelly walking with him in the wheelbarrow. That was Dan Lanning to make that call and to execute it, and not just to get it, but then to get the ball and actually score on that drive. It's one thing just to get an onside kick and run a couple of minutes, but then not finish it either with a, you know, have to kick a field goal or punt it back. They scored a touchdown on that drive to take a two-score lead. The other area that I thought they stole a possession, and to me it was the moment of the game that I just, I'm pitching a tent in my pants because I, I couldn't believe what I was watching. It was their opening drive of the third quarter. So you dominate the first half, you get that onside kick, you steal a possession, you're like, holy smokes, Oregon's up 31-13 at the half. Nobody saw that coming. I was confident all week that Oregon was going to win this game. I did not see 31-13 at the half coming. Yeah, me too. You, you I definitely hold, didn't say I loved UCLA in this game. You definitely hold, didn't you hold UCLA to a field goal in their opening drive of the second half, so another win for the defense. They bent and didn't break all afternoon. It's 31-16, but even then, you're, that's a two-touchdown game, right? So if you don't come out and score on your next drive, there's the pucker factor of like, oh, God, We've seen UCLA with some crazy comebacks. What did Oregon do? They went 15 plays, 82 yards, and ran nearly eight minutes a game clock off. 12 of those 15 were runs. 12 of the 15 were runs. They went for it on fourth down multiple times inside their own territory. They were aggressive. They ran the clock. That was just, that was the epitome of taking a team that felt like, hey, we got a little momentum. We got a field goal. You put them into a chokehold and tap them into submission, and it was 38-16 with basically a minute left in the third quarter, and the game was over at that point. It just was. like That drive was such a statement, especially coming off of a first half in which you were using some flash, you were using some tempo, you were taking deep shots. Like You, you, were, the, you were the modern, creative Oregon offense of the first half, and then you came out of the locker room and said, you know what, let's punch them in the mouth over and over and over and over again, and they're not going to have an answer. And that drive was one of the most impressive things I've seen in a long time. Well, I, I don't want to dismiss the trust that Lanning has here or Kenny Dillingham because let's not – I don't want to overlook this. Every analytical model would probably tell you on fourth and one, what do you do? Go for it. Go for it. When you're at your own 27. Own 27. Where your you, own yeah. 27 in a game that, like, you know, largely feels like you're going to win, but UCLA's offense is capable, right? It's a 15-point game. If you don't get it, you hand them a short field, and all of a sudden it's a touchdown they, game. They can get a touchdown, two-point conversion. Here we go. It's a seven-point game, and now Otson and the, the team might be feeling a little different. Yeah. 
That's not an easy call. I know it seems like it is because it's a, you know, it's a one yard or it's probably a half a yard, but it's not. You're at your own 27. And I just, I, I, I love the aggressive nature. I, I don't know, man. I talked to a couple people, one person in Florida State, some people around, and it, it was really interesting the feedback you'd get on Kenny Dillingham because I know Bo Nix is getting all the flowers today, and he deserves them. He had five tutties. He's in the Heisman race. He's having one of the best seasons just from a quarterback standpoint in Oregon history. He's not Mariota level, but like he's having one of the best seasons we've seen from an efficiency standpoint in Oregon football history. I just, I didn't, I got a couple like, yeah, he's he's a good play caller. But I also got some, he's real young. We don't know if the experience is quite there yet. Eh, I don't know. It's kind of questionable. It, it's been remarkable. It, he has been a breath of fresh air. Like, as good as you feel about Dan Lanning, and you should feel great, having Kenny Dillingham call plays. Swag put this in the text, and I was thinking it at the exact moment he texted, which was hilarious because everybody else watching this game probably felt the same way. When they scored early and they lined up for the uh, the extra point, they did the old Chip Kelly thing. Yeah, that wasn't a, a PAT. No, no that was, was a yeah, right. play. It was, down, it was, it was play. down the goal line. You're it, right. It was first and goal from the two, and, and they did. And they Bo Nix was in the shotgun, and yeah. they did the swinging gate, and boom, they bring the guys back in. They get it in touchdown Oregon, and Swag text in coaching trolling and I thought it's probably not Dillingham won't say I was trying to troll him but in a way it kind of felt like it was it was really reminiscent of what you saw Chip do here over and over again for years and have all that success they ran the football they continue to run the football efficiently they have the number one offensive line in college football they've got multiple running backs they've got a mobile quarterback with a big arm and the play calling's just it's a breath of fresh air. It has to feel that way, especially considering I'm still paying attention to the man in Miami who looks <laughs> yeah. awful in his first year down there. Every single thing from last year's team, everything is upgraded. It's better than it was a year ago. And I, especially the offensive line, I know they had experience. I just didn't think I'd say that. Once Mario left, everything they have is better this year. Yeah, I, I'll, on on the Chip Kelly thing, quickly, I, I, I had a couple people tweet me about that. What did you make of them going swinging gate? Were they trying to troll Chip? I actually read it differently. I, I read it as paying homage to Chip Kelly. of like Because I, I put myself in the shoes of Kenny Dillingham, and he's talked about this at times, some of his offensive influences. That dude's like 31 years old. His formidable years coming up watching offense in college football and seeing, you know, I want to be a coordinator, I want to design plays – like, Chip Kelly's probably one of his heroes, and he's highlighted that, of, like, I, I want Oregon to get back to that level. I want this offense to look like that because he watched him when he was young and saw what he was capable of doing at Oregon. And I read it more as, like, I'm paying homage to what Chip Kelly did here and the innovations that he used when he was in Eugene, and that's why they called the swinging gate. I didn't see it as a kick in the nuts or a, you know, let's troll Chip Kelly in that regard. But the, the, the way that they can hit you in different way, you know, multiple ways of running the football, throwing the football, having a dominant offensive line, and it's almost like the dream is realized that Oregon fan tried to sell themselves in the offseason. But you had to kind of say in the back of your mind, that's too good to be true. The dream was always Mario Cristobal was an elite recruiter. We knew that about him. And it was one of the reasons why Duck fans at the end still defended him because he was bringing in better talent that you ever thought was imaginable. And Eugene, you weren't supposed to be able to recruit there. And he was piling up top five, top ten recruiting classes. But you knew there was always going to be a limitation on him as an in-game coach, an explosive offense. Like, that was never going to be it. So you had to kind of take the good with the bad. When he left, Oregon fan tried to sell themselves on the idea of, 
God, could you just imagine if we had all that talent that Mario brought in, the offensive line that he developed, that was always his strength, pairing it with coaches that know what the hell they're doing. Pairing it with coaches that come up with creative game plans and take shots down the field, that have an innovative offense, that are, that are taking risks on onside kicks, that are going for it on fourth down. The clock, clock management at the end of the first half, Oregon got the ball with three minutes and 15 seconds left in a, what was it, 24 to 13 game, three minutes or whatever left inside their own 10-yard line. What do they do? They drove the length of the field, executed their timeouts perfectly, scored a touchdown with five seconds left in the first half. 304 was the amount <laughs> on that clock. UCLA got the ball back with one play in six seconds. Six seconds. Take an ego to half. Yep. Like, I, the dream is being realized of this is a talented team with a coaching staff that knows what the hell they're doing. And that's a, that's a dangerous combo. Yeah, there's something else I want to add to that. We get more to this. Uh, Jorgie's going to hop on with us at the bottom of the hour. We'll get his thoughts on what this season has been, maybe how surprised he's been post-Georgia of what they have been, and just kind of where they're at. We'll talk more about this. And maybe the one thing that could point to why Bo Nix's season has turned around so well, uh, we'll talk more about that. Dirt and Sprague back with more on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Dorian Thompson Robinson in the postgame. Quote, I would love to see Oregon in the Pac-12 title game. I hope they win out and we're going to do the same so we can try and see them in the Pac-12 championship. They are a really good team, a really great coach team. But at the end of the day, I think we would have done our jobs to our best of our abilities they wouldn't have been able to hang with us on that field, end quote. <laughs> the 
Did you watch Look, the same game? Was he was on the field? How did he not see what I saw? I don't know. I was on the field, too, and I, I saw a little bit of a different game, although DTR did almost run me over on the sideline as they scored one of their early touchdowns. I almost got uh, de-cleated by DTR. I was looking for you the whole guys. I was looking for you, <laughs> Dusty, Pate. I was looking for all you guys on We're the down sidelines. there, baby. We're down there roaming around. We're down there. There was one moment it was pretty clear on the sidelines, and it was a group of people, and they all had short hair, and I'm like, is dirt in there? Let me see. <laughs> no, no, dirt. no, not me. Uh, here, here's the thing. If you play UCLA again, it'll be in a Pac-12 championship game. It'll be a neutral site. I do think the game will be much different. I don't think Oregon's going to do that to UCLA again. Uh, we, I mean, we went back and forth last week, but <laughs> I, I felt confident because for two reasons. One, I trust Oregon's offense to a, an extreme level right now, and I feel about this offense a way that I have not felt about an Oregon offense in a, in a very long time. The other part of it was you're playing at Autzen. And, and as somebody who's been going to Autzen for a very long time and somebody who's seen a lot of games there over the years, there's a different decibel that you hit in a big game, right? Autzen's always loud. You're always near a sellout or, or selling out. But it's a little different at 8 p.m. kicking off against Stanford than it is a top 10 game with UCLA in town. I was down on the field about an hour before kick. We got done with pregame. I chatted with some folks, got down there, wanted to go say hi to our buddy Wayne Cook, was trying to find Josh Pate, right, walking around. Ryan Gunderson, by the way, UCLA quarterback coach. Gundy. He talks a mess about you. He's like, where the hell Sprague at? <laughs> yeah, come on. He's a pansy ass. Couldn't make it down. But the, the student section was nearly full an hour before kickoff. Yeah. That does not happen at Autzen anymore. That, it was a different level of volume. They have not lost a home game since 2018 when they blew a 20-something point lead to Stanford. They have one of the longest home winning streaks in the country. It's not an easy place to win. So the reality for DTR is, can they not hang with you like that? You just sound like an idiot. But to expect that maybe there's a different outcome if you meet again on a neutral field, like that, that could happen. I just, you know, I, I, I think it's a, it's a compliment to DTR and it's also a detriment, right? Like I think the conf- the compliment would be that he's still confident in his ability and his team's ability. It's also just idiotic. Like they just waxed you. Yeah. Like that was a pretty thorough beatdown by Oregon for the most part. And to come out and be like, well, if we just play better, well, no, no duh. But a lot of that is Oregon being responsible for you not playing better. Uh, and say, you know, get past USC. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? they like, got to beat USC to get there. This, this Oregon's got to beat Utah. I mean, there's still big games they're, left for everybody. They're just going to skate right to it and, and, and be there. A couple things as a co-host that really frustrated me about you this weekend. Oh, okay. First, I caught the pregame show. Uh-huh. Um, Did you catch the 20 minutes I had to do on a laptop on Zoom because we couldn't get connected when I was talking by myself? I missed it, but it sounded like Anthony was talking away from a microphone. What oh, happened there? I, Did he I, have a microphone? I don't know. I'm not an engineer, okay. so I'm, I'm not quite sure. Um, I, well, yeah. we talked about this game all week, and I listened to this pregame, and I know you're nerding out in football, but I'm like, okay, well, I, I'd like some of the dirt nerd uh, on the show. And you go, coming up next, let's talk about the, the new triple option. And all I thought was, where was this content for our show? Where was this great observation as you dive into the modern-day triple option stuff that they run uh, with DTR and Charbonnet and Bobo? Like, where is that analysis Monday through Friday? Only Saturday, I guess, I get that analysis. You got to holster it. It's the, uh, it's the aardvark secret sauce. It brings it out in me. And then you tweet, Autzen's back. I don't even know what that means, Autzen. Did Autzen go somewhere? Did people stop cheering at Autzen Stadium and then suddenly they just cheered again? Like, where was that dirt Monday through Friday? And why did Saturday dirt show up and go, hey, I've got some really good football points to bring up on this matchup of TMT. Okay, hold on. Hold on. On our tailgate pregame show. Hold on. Where our stuff isn't working half the time. Yeah, well, that is true. It doesn't work half the time. And that's nice to know that you couldn't hear one of the three hosts, the guy who played at Oregon and is a legend. I can hear so that's him. awesome. It, it just sounds, you know, what I think sounds. 
That's what it sounded like. I was not. I was not personally talking about the modern triple option and how to stop it. I asked Anthony, "How do you stop it?" But you, de- you didn't even bring it up on the show. You didn't even, as an observation, go. You know what I've noticed is it's like a modern day triple option, and it was such a good point that Anthony then goes. Yeah, you know, and then he just dove into it. I'm like, wow, where content, was baby. any of this? I'm content six days a week. All right, we don't take, we got no days off around here other than the Sabbath. We rest for the Lord. Uh, I did tweet. Odson is back. No, Odson has not gone away. It has always been loud, but th- there is there's just there was a difference this weekend, and I think any Duck fan who went to that game and who has been to games over the years would tell you. And, and I did bring that up on the show last week. I, I was confident in Oregon winning. What the main reason I was confident in them winning was why. They were playing at Autzen. They had the game at home, and that's that's yeah. a big difference. UCLA had you, not gone on the road. They I didn't know Autzen wasn't back. I, you, when you say it's back, you're making me indicate that like it's. I don't think it it's necessarily lost its luster. I don't think it necessarily fully lost its luster. It's always been loud, but Autzen is a is a legendary stadium in college football over the last twenty plus years. And no, I don't think over the last four ish years that it's been the same as it was on Saturday. I, I, was, I think I, there's an enthusiasm and an excitement around this program with the way that they're playing, the way the tickets were going on the secondary market, the way that, I mean, there was a rush to get to this game yeah. as opposed to some others. And part of that is the opponent that you're playing. It's not just the way that you are playing yourself. But there was just there was a, a, a lot of buzz in Eugene this weekend. I, 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 tw- I was you know trying to write down some thoughts this weekend. I don't know if I tweeted it or not. But th- that felt vintage Oregon on Saturday for a lot of different reasons. The eyes of the sport were upon you. Uh, I mean, the Chip Kelly stuff, obviously, he was tied into that. But you had college game day there. You had all these national radio hosts. Our I buddy Josh game Pate. day, actually. Game day sounded like it was a lot of fun. Uh, Corso dropped a duck. You won a game with an explosive offense with a bend-don't-break defense, taking big balls, you know, wrists of onside kicks. Like, that felt vintage Oregon. And or- as good as you were on a Mario Cristobal, it never quite felt like that. You never had a moment like that. Not quite. Like, and you won some big games. You beat Washington in overtime. Yep. Hell, you beat Ohio State last year. I didn't see that coming. You won some big games, but there was never quite that feeling of like, I, do we have our swagger back? <laughs> like, is, like is this is this back to where it used to be? Because there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of energy. A lot of a lot of those old Duck fans are bubbling to the surface yeah, with are. that feeling of oh, here we go. I, I had somebody. I I I tweeted a couple times during the Duck game. Um, some thoughts, and I had somebody respond, you know, he might be the new Chip. How did Chip debut his career? He got embarrassed. Blowout loss, yeah. embarrassingly, to Boise State. And then I thought, wow, Duck, duck fans there. We're there, baby. They're, they're back. We're there. We're they're, back. They're flying high. The V is big. <laughs> Here we go. I watch him lose to Cal this weekend. <laughs> Cal was actually a, si- a, a thorn in Chip Kelly's side. They there were the, some really close games against They came Cal. the closest of anybody in that undefeated season of beating them. They damn near did. Uh, here is my only explanation for Bo Nix and this career turnaround of, of Heisman-type season here. He's, he's dropping dimes, okay? That pass in the end zone... You couldn't have thrown a more perfect, pretty pass. He was absolutely dialed. My only football analysis as a non-NFL player or college player would be good for Bo. I think it is all predicated on the offensive line. Yeah. My only takeaway has to be the offensive line. He's only been sacked one time. Bruce and it Feldman was a put fluky a sack, too. If you remember it, it was like he was – it was a coverage sack that he had a long time to throw, thought about tucking it, and he only ended up losing one yard on the play. Like, he almost got out of that sack and scrambled. So he's only been sacked once, and then let's not overlook the what Oregon did during Chip Kelly so well that they're doing well again – when you rush for 262 yep. and you've got multiple running backs that are a problem, 
It just makes throwing the football that much easier. It's not to get, take anything away from what Bo is actually individually doing. It's just to simply say, if you want to know the turnaround, I'm sure there's some deeper X's and O's somebody could give you. But for me, just as a lifelong football fan, it's quite clear the offensive line probably deserves a lot of game balls uh, based on what they hear. I want to hear from Dan Lanning real quick before we go to Jorgie. I thought this was a really good thing in the post game. Somebody asking Dan Lanning about his team and kind of where they're at right now in terms of buying into him as a coach. You know, the buy-in. You know, you always want buy-in as a coach. And uh, at halftime, we sat there and we talked about, hey, the most physical team's going to win this game. You come look at the brand of football we played going in to the half and then really coming out in the third quarter, we said, we're going we're gonna to run the ball. We're going to be more physical than you. And we, and we did that in the third. And there was nobody moping on the sideline because we're not throwing the ball 15 times, right? They do what was necessary to win. And uh, when you have a team that has buy-in, that believes in what you're doing, that loves the guys in the room, right, that's when you got a chance to be really successful. I ask you this. Does it feel like this weekend, after that game ended, does it feel like Mario Cristobal and Chip Kelly had a baby and his name is Dan Lanning? <laughs> what the hell? I'm feeling good. Hell yeah, it does, man. Sure looks and sounds like it, doesn't it? I, yeah, it, it does. There's... We're feeling good, man. We're feeling good. I thought they Boy. were going to win. I was confident all week they were going to win. I, I did feel not like see... you guys are very close to talking yourselves into some things here. Like... I mean, if you're on the table, <laughs> you're going to be favored in every game left on your schedule. I mean, all your hard games are – you got Utah. You've well, got Oregon State's not a hard game. No. How dare you? Oregon State's going to be a very challenging matchup. Can I? Well, you got Oregon State's on the road. I know. You said all your hard games are going to be at home. No, you're like you're, no, you're you're t- you're the, the the games outside of the the right. You put me in a pickle here. <laughs> You walk right into that one. See, there's, there's. I think the Oregon State game is going to be a big challenge. I think Oregon State's oh, got a great defense. I, I think it's one of their second biggest games left on the schedule. Okay, there's pregame dirt showing up, being better than Monday through Friday dirt. Pisses me off again. But no, my point was, you get you Dub at home, you get Utah at home. You do, yeah. And then you're going to lose in Corvallis, but like a ten and two season, that's still a good year. pretty good. That's a great that's year. Still man. pretty good. Yeah, t- a couple of texts. Somebody said Oregon's brand of football is fun again. Mario was boring as bleep. Yeah. Uh, and, and and somebody said most fun I've had uh, at a game since Helfrich was Oregon's coach. Tell us we all <laughs> tell us what we need to know about Mario. It's just there, there was that they won games twenty one to six and they won them. But it was, we're going to be more physical than you, brother. We're going to punch you in the mouth. Like, How's that going in Miami for it's him? It's not going great because he, he doesn't have Justin Herbert to save his ass. Um, they want him fired up. <laughs> I don't blame them at all. They're paying him $8 million. It's, Look at all the first-year coaches and what they're doing. Lincoln Riley's having success. Dan yeah. Lanning's having success. Oh, and they had talent coming back. There's they had no talent coming back. There's a transfer portal that exists did in college football. He, <laughs> he blamed the players. No, but Yeah, he did. But did you see what else he said? He said, you know, my first year in Oregon. We were taking over for four and eight teams. Oh, God. (laughs) All the comments to that comment are basically like, yo, bro, you had talent here when you got here. This one's some empty cupboard where it's a bunch of Juco kids running and playing football. You had a returning quarterback and a ton of dudes, and there was nothing more enjoyable than watching Duke snap a U over his knee this weekend in the end zone after they just I found that I didn't I was at the game so I obviously didn't see it I saw that tweet as I was standing on the sideline I just looked at Dusty and we just we had a, a, a nice little chuckle like oh they lost to Duke huh nice uh all right coming up next what did Georgie make of Oregon's game against UCLA and how they've responded since Georgia how does he define what Bo Nix has been we'll talk with Georgie coming up next for the daily ticker crunch time around the corner and a lot more to get into but 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medella, the Markable Fighter. Trick responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. In this wide world of sports, some stories can slip through the cracks. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Pelican Brewing presents the Daily Ticker, where Dirt and Sprague visit with the insiders that are covering the stories you've heard about, and some you haven't. How'd you do that? Actually, I'm not even mad. It's amazing. The Daily Ticker with Dirt and Sprague is brought to you by Pelican Brewing, born at the beach. All right, Daily Ticker time here on a Monday. Brought to you in the fan by Pelican Brewing Company. Born at the beach online at pelicanbrewing.com. Excited to talk more about Oregon and their win over UCLA. And joining us now is the color analyst of the Ducks. You can hear every Saturday. Call the game right here on the fan. Mike Jorgensen, our good buddy, at Jorgie underscore Mike on Twitter. Uh, Jorgie, good morning to you, man. Thanks for hopping on uh, on a Monday. We always appreciate the time. I just, you know, I, I've seen the headlines. They outchipped Chip. Uh, Autzen is back. I mean, just w- what stood out to you in watching Oregon uh, really, really dominate a football game against a top-10 team this weekend? Yeah, probably one of the more complete games they've played this year. Uh, just offense, defense, special teams, making key plays at key times. Um, you know, really playing three super positive, uh, I guess just three really strong quarters of football in, in particular. In the fourth quarter, Obviously, with the lead being what it was with Oregon leading 38-16, you know, things began to slow down a little bit in that type of deal. But when it really mattered through the three quarters, the way that Oregon had played offensively, you know, defensively, frankly, even though UCLA had scored every time they had the ball for the most part, and both teams had, it was trading those touchdowns for field goals, not giving up big plays defensively, making big plays offensively. I think when it really countered, particularly those first three quarters, uh, is when this team was at their peak. Uh, Georgie, I, I, I'm not Mr. Football guy. You'd be more served in that role than I. Uh, I can only put what Bo Nix has done, not only in his turnaround career here in Eugene, but from where Duck fan maybe was game one to where they're at right oh, now. <laughs> Georgie, I, 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 it's as simple as for me saying it has to be the offensive line. Like everything they've got going offensive line for Bo Nix to have this season. How do you kind of put into words what you've seen from Bo Nix and the level that he's playing at right now? Well, I mean, what I love uh, that he's doing right now, and, and Kenny Dillingham has really 
harped on this from game one, even when he had that that game one against Georgia and his you know one of his old SEC foes. It is just play within the offense, play within it. Don't freelance other than when you absolutely have to. When somebody comes loose up the middle, yeah, you got to use your legs to make a play, but still keep your eyes down the field, which is, you know, easy to say, tough to do as a QB when you're scrambling for your life. But I think one of the things that he's done is he's not having to scramble for his life. The offensive line, I'm glad you said something about that because, you know, now having an offensive line that you trust that's playing at a really high level versus what he was having to play with with Auburn, that's a huge difference right now. And then he is making plays. His accuracy is great. His decision-making is great. You know, the last couple of games against Arizona and this one against UCLA, he really hasn't come close to turning the ball over. He's not thrown 50-50 balls into a crowd hoping, you know, your guy comes up with it versus, you know, someone else. And it's just he's ultra-confident right now, and and obviously that helps. It's an offense that is just operating on all cylinders. you got running backs running well because of the offensive line. you got a quarterback who's comfortable because of an offensive line. you got receivers who are catching pretty much everything that's thrown to them, even some that they shouldn't catch. They're snagging. Boy, I'll tell you what, that's a, that's a great um, recipe, I think, for a success at the quarterback position. That's what Bo Nix is having right now. And, and all the games that he's played, and I think all of the experience he has lends to it, no doubt about it. I mean, playing four years of football, solid all the way through, he's seen about every type of situation, but now he's playing within himself, and I think that's uh, that's what Kenny Dillingham and his team loves. Yeah, we're talking about Mike Jorgensen, color analyst of the Ducks, at Jorgie underscore Mike on Twitter. Go give him a follow. I, I mean, on this offense, Jorgie, I just, it was one of the reasons I like them to win this weekend. I got supreme confidence in what they're doing, and it does start up front. How great is it? And, and not to, you know, bemoan the former guy too much, but he, he won a lot of games here. A lot of those games were, you know, 21 to 10 or 24, 17 or 20 to 20 to seven, whatever the case. I mean, th- this offense is explosive. It is putting up points and it is, it is damn near unstoppable right now. How great is it just as a, as an analyst to be able to call a game where you're watching this offense go up and down the field the entire game? Well, just the creativity. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. the biggest thing about it right there is just, not afraid to go deep in a in a third and short or second and short type of situation. Uh, you know the, the 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 combinations of plays and how they develop. Something looks like it's going to be a wide receiver screen with the tight end in motion, but that's a setup for the tight end to leak up the sideline. There he is, wide open, Terrence Ferguson for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything kind of flows and makes sense. But you know, also I just I think these these running backs have been a a, a little. I don't want to say surprised because I think the coaches knew exactly what they had, but none of us did. And to see the way that Bucky Irving and, and Whittington are running and, and, and the combination of the way that they run and, and then Irving being a receiver out of the backfield too, certainly helps when you have a guy like that, that can run it. And yet as a danger in the past game, uh, they've been great, but the tight ends have been solid. Just everybody has really been solid, but it's the creativity of Kenny Dillingham with the weapons to be able to do it that we just didn't see the last couple of years. And so, you know, as a defense, what's coming next? You really have no idea, and that's what you want. And that's what you want, right, uh, offensively. You want you want that defense guessing. How do we substitute? How do we put people in? Oh, you know, crap, I've got a matchup on Troy Franklin with the wrong guy. Whatever it might be right now, it's working for Oregon, and it's tough to prepare for if you're a, an opposing team. Has anything surprised you from what they've been doing? I, I just think the balance, frankly. I, I didn't expect this team to be so uh, – they're not perfectly balanced, but the way that they run and throw the ball equally well, 
it, it's tough to do. It, it really is. I mean, it was something that UCLA was doing a great job of coming into this game, too. And, again, I look at through three quarters the imbalance uh, of UCLA not really being able to throw the ball, even though, again, they ran the ball and threw the ball for about the same amount of yards, but it was way less than Oregon. And, again, that danger there of stretch the field, tight ends that can make plays, dump balls to wide receivers, chase Coda coming up with plays here and there. It's just that balance I guess I was really surprised with. I thought this was going to be a – uh, maybe a little bit more of a pass-happy offense, and it's it's great balance right now. Yeah, I, I think it was a testament to the coaching staff, the way they were able to kind of reset things after that Georgia loss and get guys to buy in and say, all right, we, this is, you know, that's clearly the standard we want to get to, and we got a lot of work we need to do in order to get there. And I think this team has been working their tails off, and it's shown week in and week out. How do you think they handle now being the, the fat and happy guy atop the standings. Like, there's a different mentality there, is, is there not? Of We're trying to prove people wrong that that loss in yeah. Georgia wasn't us, and now it's, hey, you're the toast of the conference, and everybody's patting you on the back. you got to go down to sleepy old Cal this weekend. There's going to be, like, 46 people in the stands. I mean, how do you think they handle <laughs> that, that challenge of, all right, now we got a target on our back again, and people are gunning for us? Yeah, the target has gotten a lot bigger. There's no doubt about that. And, and it's one of those ones where, you know, Cal plays just good enough defense right now. Frankly, the strength of that team, that Cal Bear team, is their defense. And, and, and so how do you handle it if, for example, you go down there and you struggle offensively for the first time since the Georgia game? I mean, Oregon has been on a roll offensively uh, since that game. And so what happens if you go down there like Washington did where you – you go up and down the field and you're kicking field goals and not putting points on the board. And so that's what I'm really interested in right now. And But one of the things that Coach Lanning does, and he talks to Jerry and I about it every Wednesday night on our shows, is the focus on them, not worrying about what the other team does, not focusing on Cal's defense and on, on you know Jackson's sermon in the middle and everything else that goes with it. They just pay attention to doing what they do. And what they didn't do well the previous game they certainly seem to fix the very next game, yeah, whether it's yeah. penalties, you know, whether it's catching the ball or whatever it might be. What he has said rings true every single week. So just pay attention to themselves. And, you know, if they can get off to a fast start again like they did with UCLA and like it seems like they have everybody that they played, uh, Cal's going to be in a lot of trouble. Hey, Jorgie, is this a good poll question? If Chip Kelly's coaching staff and Mario's coaching staff had a baby, it'd be Dan Lanning's coaching staff? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I would I wouldn't necessarily disagree with it right now. But he's, he's the baby. Man, he's the baby. I'll tell you what. And, and and some of the things that he's doing too. You know, you look at this team. They're twelve for thirteen on fourth down. Coverage. Unbelievable. I mean, you you don't flip a coin and have twelve heads, do you? I mean, maybe Andy well, does, but none of us. Jordan, I I I missed I missed your call in this moment because I'm watching my living room. I'm I'm curious what your thought or or what you shared on the air was. I said earlier, like fourth and one seems like such a no brainer in what football is nowadays. But when you're at your own twenty seven, like you do have oh, to take boy. into account, like you're up fifteen. We we don't get this. They get the ball. Like his whole mentality that day was screw this. We're taking this game. But I'm curious what you thought, just kind of like seeing it from above, a fourth and one at your own 27 to go for it. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, we, we were nervous. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> but it, it's one of those ones where, you know, Jerry and I looked at each other and I said, well, you know, he's done it before. He did it with BYU in a game that was still close at the time and maybe not as explosive an off, as an offense as UCLA's at the time. But at the same time, you know, he'd done it from anywhere on the field. And Jerry, I can remember Jerry looking at me going, no, we're not going to do it. I said, I just shrugged my shoulders. I said, hey, 
let's wait and see. And all of a sudden, here he was lining up. And then we thought it was, okay, just bark out the signals, draw them offside, get the first down that way. And they run the damn play. So, you know, it was one of those ones where it just sure has made uh, the season fun this year. There's no doubt about it. And that's that unpredictability. This offense is just really on a roll right now. The defense playing just stingy enough at the right times in that type of deal to, to get them where they are. And it's a confident group right now. There's no doubt about it. Well, I didn't think we'd be here, man. We were down in Atlanta. I remember doing the pregame show and talking and texting after that game. I, I wasn't quite sure where this season was going to go. You try and stay optimistic and boy, oh boy, have they, they proven anybody wrong who didn't believe in them. And Bo Nix is playing great. The team's playing great. What a win this weekend. Mike Jorgensen, the color analyst of the Oregon Ducks at Jorgie underscore Mike on Twitter. Go give him a follow. We always appreciate the time, Jorgie. Thanks. And uh, we'll see you again here in a couple of weeks. All right, guys. Thanks. Have a good week. Yeah, you too. There you go. Mike Jorgensen. Great stuff from him on, uh, yeah, they, going for it on fourth down inside your own 30-yard line in the second half. is that, that's, a, that's a ballsy move because it might not work out for you. And if it doesn't, who's going to get the blame? Who's going to get the criticism? That goes directly to the head coach. We see that in the NFL all the time. His team executed, and he's, he's looked at as a hero. They played damn near a perfect game. I know the defense gave them some points, but they played a damn near perfect game. And you know what? Like, they went for it on fourth and one and throwing 27. Chip kicked a field goal down two scores on fourth and five, and I thought, this is just At the odd. end of the first half, yeah. I'm watching one coaching staff be aggressive, and I'm watching the other coaching staff going, hey, let's go down from two scores to being down. Yep, my math checks out. Two scores still. 24 to 10 to 24 to 13. Didn't really understand that at Thank all. Thank you. Well, you can't get stops as well. So uh, one more thought on this and uh, kind of a wrap of the weekend. I met some folks this weekend. I want to tell those stories. So uh, we'll kind of wrap it up. We'll get into some other stuff coming up at the uh, top of the hour. Back after this on the Pour the milk. Looks like me and Vincent caught you boys at breakfast. Yeah. Part of a nutritious breakfast. Hamburgers. Hamburgers. The cornerstone of any nutritious breakfast. It's time for the Morning Crunch, a look at the tastiest topics in sports. Brought to you by Crunch Fitness, as low as $9.95 per month. No hassle, no pressure, no gimmicks, and no judgments. And the Morning Crunch, brought to you in the fan by our good friends at Crunch Fitness, as low as $9.99 a month. Locations in Beaverton, Aloha Division Center, and Vancouver. Go check them out, crunch.com. I'll be out at the Glorious House of Gaines this afternoon. We've got a lot to get to in the... Final hour of the show. The Blazers are undefeated. They're going to go 82-0. Hey! We have a World Series matchup all set. Are we excited? This is the second largest discrepancy in wins in baseball history in a World Series. Was the f- What was the first? It's a long time ago. Okay. Long time ago. What were the Astros last year? 96 wins? Uh, yeah. The Braves were a win better than this year's Phillies team. Yeah. I think uh, so. Excited? Sure. It should be a good matchup. I just fear that it's it's too end of football season for people. I, that's my fear. Well, I mean, that's yeah, that's true. But you're gonna have a couple of games that aren't on in football days, and things will calm down. There's not two series to keep an eye on anymore, right? So I, I don't know. I'm excited. I think it's gonna be a great series. So we'll dive into that at some point, uh, either today, maybe tomorrow as well. We'll see what we got time for. I did so. I was down in Eugene this weekend. I do have to shout out two people because I wanted to go uh, meet them first. I met the great Wayne Cook. You met Wayne Cook in I person. Wayne Cook, the person, great dude. Uh, Very nice guy. Looks exactly how he sounds. Yeah. Taller, smaller. Taller. Than, I mean, tall dude. He's yeah. a UCLA quarterback. He's probably 6'3"-ish. Okay. Pretty, pretty big, tall guy. Silver fox. Just great. Just silver hair. Yeah. Uh, all over the place. Walking around on the sideline. He was a little uh, flustered when I met him because he was having microphone issues. Oh. And so I tried to walk up. We talked for a couple minutes. And then every time I walked by him on the sideline, Wayne Cook, fist bump guy. <laughs> he had his headphones on. Hey, point, fist bump, point, fist bump. I'm like, dude, Wayne, you're my guy. Let's go. His, his predictions were wrong, and uh, his team did not win, but he could not have been more gracious. And it was great to meet him. And then I was walking around. 
and I we had mentioned last Monday we had Josh Pate on. I'm like, dude, I got to meet Josh Pate. He's been nice. He's come on the show a bunch. He's the commissioner of college football. I got to meet this guy. And it was fun that he was there. And I, I thought I saw him over on the other sideline, like, doing a little pregame video thing. And I'm like, I, if that's him, he's recording. I don't want to go find him. And then I couldn't find him again until after the game kicked off. Like, legitimately, right as the game kicked off, I looked over and I was like, hey, I recognize that bald head wearing sunglasses over there. He was standing by himself. Nobody was talking to him. And so I went up. We chatted for a few minutes. Great dude. Says he loves coming on the show. I asked him the main thing I wanted to know. It's like, Scott Hansen, how do you go to the bathroom? For Josh Pate, he's at a game every weekend. Yeah. How does he watch everything and be able to talk about everything? Because he does a show Sunday night. Sunday night, he does. And he talks about every game. Like, he, he vividly watched The biggest game. The yeah. biggest game, right. sure. And I was, I was like, dude, how do you how do, you do that? How do you, how do you handle it? He said that he has a team of people behind the scenes that, that take the games that he thinks he's going to talk about. The big, you know, Oklahoma State, Texas, and uh, Ole Miss, LSU, right? The bigger games from this weekend condense them into about a 45-minute to an hour, here's everything you need to know from the game video, and he watches them on his flights as he's flying back from where he's coming from. So you're sharing trade secrets right now on the air, huh? I am, because I was fascinated by that, and I thought that is so cool because I would have less of an issue going to games and watching games in person if I had a team of people behind me that was condensing other games that I could watch in 45 minutes. I think it's the most underrated part about these national people is like uh, somebody would be like, hey, did you hear what so-and-so said? What stat? And I, my, my, my initial response to almost every single time I hear it, Oh, national guy said that. So his twenty-five people staff looked up a stat and gave it <laughs> they, to him. They helped him. Did out. you hear my stat? I had a good stat. I damn found it. it by myself. <laughs> That's what my first thought is. I love it, dude. It was. It I'm, was. I'm glad you met him, though. He's a good dude. You were texting that you couldn't find him. You didn't him. see him, and and then once I mean, I found him when the game started, and I wasn't gonna like. I was. Could you even hear him? Because I was gonna ask you. You talked to him right as it kicked. Like it was loud. It was loud. Man. It was loud. Thankfully, Oregon got the ball first, and so, so while Oregon's on offense, it's a it's a little quiet. But uh, it it was fun to see him uh, at Autzen, and kind of I, I watched his show last night and uh, had some good reviews from being in Eugene for the first time. So I got to meet two friends of the show this weekend. There you go. So look at that. Out there networking, baby. Wayne Cook and uh, Josh Pate. Did game day look good? You said you got up and watched yeah, it. Yeah, game day. I, I don't know where. I don't know the Oregon campus at all. There was a big O in the background. Okay. Uh, I don't know if that's a library, a stadium. I don't know where. Probably they the were. business school. Maybe is that's my what guess it was. is where they're. Do- it's usually in the little. Uh, they got a little field there in f- between the library and the business school. That's what it was. It yeah. was the business school. Um, looked good. Uh, you know, it's a uh, prominently placed. You know, in the background. Um, there's some funny signs out there. Uh, Sabrina. You know. Yeah, well, she didn't give a whole lot, you know. Sure. She had a couple, like, she was kind of hinting at some point spread stuff, and that got McAfee a little excited. Uh-huh. Uh You know, the elephant in the room with that show continues to be the McAfee-Corso thing because I think McAfee respects the living hell out of Lee Corso, and why would you not, right? He is one of the pioneers in our business. It's Lee Corso. But it's, 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 a, yeah, he's hired to be the new Corso. It's like the worst kept secret in sports media is that he is going to be donning the head yeah. of the mascot at some point in his life. And, like, they, you know, Corso was there. I thought Corso had a cool moment where he brought the duck up and, you know, he said Eugene is his favorite spot for game day. He actually kind of felt like it was a little sentimental of, like, he's not sure if he's going to be back in Eugene. Probably not. And, you know, they gave him a live duck a couple times the last time at the end of the show. Um, but, I, you know, I thought overall it was good. Pollock played into his SEC hater. Like, he picked UCLA. and I saw a lot of Duck fans tweeting about that. Can I tell a funny story about David Pollock quickly? Uh, sure. The last time college game day was there, I believe, was the last time Oregon lost a home game. I uh-huh. think it was for the Stanford game they went. That was that big blown lead at the end of the first half. They hiked it over Herbert's head, the whole thing. 
uh, I remember standing on the sideline of that game, and everybody believes that David Pollock hates Oregon. The hilarious thing was his kids were with him for that game, and they were walking around with him on the sideline, head to toe, decked out in duck swag that he probably got for free. Head to like yeah. duck shoes, duck pants, duck shirt, sure. duck sweatshirt, duck hat, duck gloves, duck football. Yeah, but I tried to famously <laughs> get him on. I had somebody at ESPN, and I said I kind of want to get Dave Pollock on a couple years ago. And I remember asking a certain person in the studio, yo, can we get David Pollock on? And you said, or this person said, and I quote, I hate David Pollock. <laughs> and he's wearing a duck hat right now across from me. Look, I'm not a big David Pollock guy. I don't like David Pollock. And that's why it was so funny to see his kids in head-to-toe duck gear when he was here. But no, I thought overall it was it's a good team. I, I always commend any audience, any, any crowd willing to stand in rain. At 6 o'clock in the morning. Godspeed to you, because I was and freezing this weekend in my house, and it was raining and wet outside, and I... Those people were out there going crazy. That's good, man. Love to see it. So there you go. All right, let's move on in the final hour of the show. I got a couple of other NFL notes to get to. Uh, is Texas no longer back? Is that over? Are we done with that one? I think we probably got to be done with that one. Let's start, though, the final hour with your Portland Trailblazers. Ladies and gentlemen, they are undefeated and on pace for an 82-0 season. They beat Phoenix on Friday. They beat the Lakers yesterday. What do we make of the start? Is Damian Lillard washed? Well, that looks like a bad take at this point. Let's get into the Blazers to start the final hour next on 1080 The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t 